2: Welcome
0: to the Andrea Kay Show. She's blonde, 5'2", and 102 pounds of dynamite in a dress. Here she is,
2: Andrea K.
1: Welcome to tonight's Andrea Kay Show. Are you always happy about it being Friday as I am. Let me tell y'all, I am tickled pink. And not because I'm going to be watching any football game on Sunday. Because let me tell y'all, that's about as likely to happen as me voting uh, for Nikki Haley in a primary. (laughs) I tell y'all what, when it comes to Sunday, Uh, And a choice of what I'm going to watch. Am I going to watch the Super Bowl? Let me tell you, I've got 10 fingers and lots of bamboo. Okay, that's where I stand with that. But I'm not going to judge any of y'all. You know, I'm a recovering football addict. If you want to watch you some football on Sunday, I'm not going to judge you for that. Okay, look, but it's not Sunday yet. We got a lot of breaking news to share with you guys tonight. Maybe not breaking news, but a lot of good analysis of the news to share with you guys. We're going to have some fun in tonight's show. We're going to give you some good information. Uh, This hour, we're going to talk about the fallout. We're going to open with the fallout of of the Biden report, the 400-page report, talking about how, yeah, he committed some felonies, um, but dude's too old and feeble uh, to be prosecuted. (laughs) Right. Uh, We also have Landmark Legal Foundation, who was what was a participant in the Supreme Court uh, case that was heard yesterday about keeping Trump off the ballot. They were uh, one of the, the folks who filed an amicus brief. They will be with us. Friday means Bob Walters, so he's going to be here with his education report. And then we are going to be talking a little later on in the show about the scary, frightening international incident that took place at the Kremlin yesterday uh, involving what used to be known as the human species called the journalist, although um, they are a dying breed. Uh, And we are going to seriously mock the hysteria around the Tucker Carlson interview later on in the show. And we have a crazy story of a man uh, allegedly projectile bleeding all over an airplane. Yeah, it got crazy on a flight today, y'all. We got much to get into on tonight's show. If you miss any part of it, download the podcast, wherever you get your pods. Email me at andrewkshow.com. I know I've been promising to read some emails to y'all. And I promise I will a little later. I am fighting a sneeze. I know I do not have a cold. It's just uh, things get, get, it's, is it raining? Is it not? Is it hot? Is it cold? Is it humid? Is it dry? That's what's going on here. And it's wreaking havoc on my sinuses. But you know what? What always keeps me fresh, always keeps me feeling good is the nutrition I get from a little thing called DJ Sesame Broccolini. Broccolini.
0: I am so so happy that it's Friday.
1: <laughs> it
0: just feels like we've been going a mile, like I mean, just a million miles an hour, and it's yeah. it's just it's it's a lot. I but I'm so happy we get to talk about it. This is what we get to do mm-hmm. and focus on. Yeah. It. I don't know. I'm feeling very yeah. thankful for that.
1: Yeah. Well, to catch anybody up who missed the story, uh, y'all know Trump's been indicted for classified documents um even though president has the right ex president still a former president had the right to take with him like every other president classified documents uh biden had classified documents he wasn't allowed to have and a report and uh, concluding the investigation yesterday said yeah he broke the law but dude's too feeble Uh, to be prosecuted. So we're not going to file any charges. Uh, The Biden camp today has responded as well as their mouthpieces in the media. And it's just really been, it's just really been fun. Um, I And I can't decide what's more fun. All the clips like Newsbusters did a supercut of uh, Biden's attempts to refute uh, the claim that he's mentally unfit. I'm not sure if that's more fun or Rachel Maddow and her proof today that he is fit to be president. Uh, let's start with the Newsbusters supercut, um, Sesame Broccolini, and then we'll we'll juxtapose that with Rachel Maddow.
0: When I said, when I we pushed all these programs, I said, I'm going to be a president for everybody, whether you live in a red state or a green state. So there's some attention paid to some language in the report about my recollection of events. There's even reference that I don't remember when my son died. How in the hell dare he raise that? Frankly, when I was asked the question, I thought to myself, it wasn't any of their damn business. Let me tell you something. Some of you have commented. I wear since the day he died, every single day, the rosary he got from Our Lady of. Who? Every memorial. The conduct of the response in Gaza, in the Gaza Strip, has been um, over the top. I think that. Uh, mm. Mm-hmm. Uh As you know, initially, the president Mm -hmm. of Mexico, Sisi, did not (laughs) want to open up the gate to allow humanitarian (laughs) material to get in. Uh I talked to him. I convinced him to open the gate. I talked to Bibi to open the gate on the Israeli side.
1: Mm hmm. Mm hmm. Wow, I'm just, I'm just really convinced that, that he's doing well. I didn't even need Sesame Broccolino, Rachel uh, Broccolini. I didn't even really need Rachel Maddow to say this today. Let's play this clip.
0: And in the end, what makes it such a useful political tool for people that want Donald Trump to be elected or want him not to be reelected is that the fact of his age is not something you can rebut. Mm-hmm. He can't be, you can't tack to, if someone says you're too far left, you can tack to the center. You, you, there's no, the man is 80 years old. He rides a
1: bike. He, How, yeah, like, but like he is the age oh, and, and
0: so it's, it's, it's a very useful <laughs> political attack for that reason.
1: He rides a bike, sesame broccolini. Yeah. We all saw him. We all saw him fall over on the bike. Okay.
0: <laughs> I'm not even sure that he even I mean he he rides them a little bit but it reminds me of that you know Pete Buttigieg used to do those staged bike rides like look at yeah. me riding to work then the pictures came out of him being driven around in vans and then they just unload the bike <laughs> around the corner from the capitol building and then he drives his bike to work so I, I don't know if that's even true
1: look I, here's I know. the deal Here's the deal. Uh, you know, even his spokesperson came out today, a dude named Ian Sams came out and was like, look, you know, uh, he, he he was doing his best. OK, um, in fact, let's play that clip.
2: And, and the second thing, um, the president also said last night, all the stuff that was in my home was in filing cabinets that were either locked or able to be locked. But the report. Oh, wait, that's uh, the one. That some of the classified. It's
1: the second one in the stack.
0: He was dealing with a huge international crisis of great global consequence. And, you know, he was trying his best to to answer questions in this interview because he wanted to be fully cooperative.
1: (laughs) He was trying his best. You know, he was dealing with this was the day after October 7th. Uh, Yeah. So you can't remember your son's death because it was because Hamas attacked Israel. Come on, man. Is, is that... Uh, is that, a, a, that doesn't even make sense. They know. Why even bother to try to come out at this point and try to provide that kind of... It's, they're better off... Who was it who said it's the cover-up uh, that's worse than the crime? Coming out and trying to provide these lame excuses. It's like the guy said before Rachel Maddow jumped in and said, oh, he's riding a bike. There's no way... he He rides a bike. There's... You can't refute this. If you call somebody, if you accuse them of being too much of a leftist, they can move to the center and try to counter it, right? By lying, basically. But there's no way to refute this. Absolutely no way. And there's also no way to refute the fact that he broke the law. He broke the law when he came to the classified documents. There's no Choice for them, the binary choices for the Biden administration and the Biden regime is either he's so senile he can't he can't be prosecuted, which is an illegal standard by the way, but if he's so senile he can't be prosecuted, then he cannot be competent to sit as commander of chief, commander in chief, or. As the, as the White House attorneys came out today and said, uh, we've told the special counsel that the accusations of him having these kinds of memory issues are inaccurate and, and gratuitous, in which case he committed felonies. They're trying to obfuscate the classified document allegations. Well, you know, and, and Joe Biden came out last night and said, look, I had... These under lock and key. And, and that's where we pick up the interview or, or the questioning, the press conference today of Ian Samms. Sesame, if you can play the first clip in the stack.
2: And, and the second thing, um, the president also said last night, all the stuff that was in my home was in filing cabinets that were either locked or able to be locked. But the report uh, says that some of the classified documents were in cabinet drawers, uh, while others about Afghanistan, for example, or an unsealed and badly damaged box sitting in his garage. So, did the president misspeak last night?
0: Look, I think the president was responding to a number of inaccurate uh, allegations in this, uh, in this report. Um, we've talked a lot about, uh, Justin asked about the diaries. I mean, this is his personal diaries. Of course, he has them in his house. Um, so, you know, I don't have anything kind of to add on what he said last night.
1: He lied. He lied when he said that they were locked, number one. And number two, it doesn't matter. He was vice president or senator when he took these documents. And at, at, at no point does a vice president or a senator have the right to remove any classified documents from the SCIF or anywhere they are witnessing them as a part of the government. He had them in his garage, that right there, and he had them willfully, according to the report. That's it. There is no proper explanation. And all the obfuscations today, all the wrangling and everybody twisting themselves into a pretzel with their memes today. Here's what's different. Biden offered to give them back or this and that. Trump had the right to have them. Joe Biden didn't. That's the legal standard. None of the rest. There's no legal standard that gets him off the hook because he's senile. There's no legal standard that gets him off the hook because they were locked or unlocked or with his Corvette or not. None of it passes muster. He's senile. The 25th Amendment needs to be invoked for him to to be removed from office immediately. And if we had an opposition party, they would all be in lockstep today in unison demanding it. This is a national security crisis. The day after the World War III was launched on October 7th in Israel, the sitting commander-in-chief of the sole remaining superpower proved that he was cognitively gone, and he continues to prove it day after day after day. And another point that was made today by Don Jr. or yesterday was, okay, we've known he's been senile for a while. Can we get back to the fact, and we've also known he's been a criminal for a while. Can we get back to the fact that this same criminal sold off this country and committed treason for which has already been documented, and yet he's still sitting in office? While a former president of the United States, who's never done anything wrong, not been charged with insurrection, not been convicted of anything, has been improperly indicted as an abuse of power from from a weaponized deep state, is faced with 400 years. This is dire times in our country. And speaking of uh, a weaponized deep state, uh, when we come back, we're going to revisit yesterday's Supreme Court hearing because it's absolutely crucial. I had hoped that we would get some uh, a ruling today because Bachter and Bush v. Gore, they actually issued their ruling the next day. Although it's not quite as much of a time crunch, but we've actually got uh, Matt Forres uh, from Landmark Legal Foundation with us. They filed one of the amicus briefs regarding the case, and we will hear from him next. Stay with us.
2: Andrea Kay telling you like it is while eating a donut too. It's the Andrea Kay show on the answer, San Diego.
1: Welcome back to tonight's Andrea Kay show. Glad to have y'all here with us on this Friday edition. Look, I know, I know that despite all of this, uh, I know despite all of the, uh, reports going on with uh, Joe Biden and the classified documents case, Uh, That that kind of that kind of took center stage on uh, today's news. But actually, for me, I was waiting with bated breath to see if we were going to get a ruling from the Supreme Court case yesterday. As I as I mentioned on last night's show, the Supreme Court hasn't been the center of such uh, election importance since Bush v. Gore in 2000. And I was hoping we were going to get a ruling today. But nevertheless, we have with us tonight a special guest from Landmark Legal Foundation. They had filed an amicus brief as part of this case, and uh, which is urging uh, the Supreme Court to overrule the Colorado Supreme Court. You know, they denied Trump, tried to take him off the ballot. Joining us now is Matt Forres. He is the executive Vice President of Landmark Legal and the Edwin Meese, uh, the third legal counsel. He is beyond just being a brain attorney. He is also a patriot and a hero. He actually served in Operation Iraqi Freedom. He is a retired lieutenant colonel in the U.S. Army Reserves. And he joins me to discuss the case now. Hi, Matt. Welcome to the Andrea Kay Show.
2: Hi, thanks for having me.
1: So um, I tried to break down this as much as I could la- on last night's show. I'm not an attorney. I did have a friend of mine on uh, to discuss it, who's a brilliant attorney and political commentator. Um, but it's not the same as somebody actually involved in the case like Landmark was uh uh filing an amicus brief. I've got a clip I want to play in a moment from the Colorado Secretary of State. She's been making the rounds on the media as she was being asked today for her predictions uh for the ruling. Before we play that clip for you, what 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 do you want the average American who's not a comma J D to know about this case and its importance?
2: Sure. So in this case, it's Trump v. Anderson. The Colorado Supreme Court had previously held that Trump was disqualified from being on the ballot in Colorado. And the Supreme Court heard the oral arguments. And the bottom line is that it went very well for Trump. The hard case is on whether Trump is disqualified by Section 3 of the 14th Amendment. And that amendment passed in the wake of the Civil War to prevent insurrectionists and Confederates from holding many public offices around the country. And during the oral arguments, both liberal and conservative justices were raising concerns about the consequences of removing him from the ballot. There were four big concerns. First, the potential disenfranchisement of millions of voters. Then the empowering of a single state to determine a national election. The likelihood that blue and red states could go tit for tat and disqualify each other's candidates. And then finally, the haphazard nature of having different states with different standards of evidence, different standards of proof in their own separate disqualification trials. And before they got to these consequences, underlying it were three big legal issues that I could summarize for you. Okay. Okay. So first off, The court wrestled with whether the text of the 14th Amendment even applies to Trump. And then secondly, whether the text allows states on their own to act. And then finally, whether or not even an insurrection occurred. Okay, so breaking those down first as to covered officials, right? Just to give you the background, you know, if you previously took an oath to support the Constitution as an officer of the United States, those are the words, and then engaged in an insurrection, Then under the 14th Amendment, Section 3, there's a consequence. You can't be a member of Congress or hold any office under the United States or under any state. And to break that down further, what they're saying is it applies to someone who took an oath as an officer of the United States. The trouble Mm -hmm. is for Colorado, there's recent Supreme Court precedent that this term officer of the United States refers to appointed and not elected officials. And there's also a textual argument from other places in the Constitution where the phrase officer of the United States does not apply to the president. And there are a couple examples like the Commission's Clause. And just to break this down really simply, like the Commission's Clause of the Constitution is where the president commissions officers. So it's kind of strange that an officer commissions officers, right? So the presidency, not explicitly mentioned as a covered official. And a big surprise, by the way, in the argument is that Justice Jackson seemed to agree, you know, she's on the liberal wing. She seemed to agree that the text did not apply to Trump. Okay. Gotcha. And then- well,
1: we, in the interest of time, I am going to have to speed you up. We're not going to be able to go through all the, all the ins and outs of that. Let me, sure. let me, let me play, because I think, I think people understand that Trump hasn't been charged with insurrection. He hasn't been found guilty of insurrection and that the, that the question as to whether or not one state could, could control the outcome of our elections, people understand. I think things like uh, arguments that came up yesterday that if this were to be affirmed, that they could even they could even check the polls and see how their favorite candidate is doing right up until days before the election. And then they could possibly pull Trump uh, or somebody that they don't like from the ballot. I want to play a clip uh, for you of, from the Colorado Secretary of State and get your reaction. Sesame, if you could play that clip. Oh, this is a court that has not been friendly to democracy, voting rights and fundamental freedoms. I think ultimately this case is really important. Uh, and, it, you know, it, it was stunning yesterday. We can just see the Capitol right across the street. Uh, reimagine what it was like, those Congress people running for their lives, a violent mob uh, going to stop the peaceful transfer of power. Uh, And then being in the Supreme Court and hearing Donald Trump continue to lie about his role in the insurrection. So it was a a bit surreal. And and just like all Americans across the country, I'm waiting to see what the Supreme Court ultimately will decide.
0: But you don't think after yesterday? Well, let's cut it there. I I, I, I thought
1: I I I thought I'd trim trim that. Um, So this uh, I'm not aware that Trump made arguments yesterday. Is she talking about uh, Trump? And this is a court that doesn't have a history of upholding democracy. Your response.
2: Right. That's completely Orwellian, right? As, as I was talking about the consequences of the Colorado opinion, as the justices made clear that if you take her argument, they're going to disenfranchise millions of people. So she is the one who is acting against uh, democracy. And, And so what I was going to get to the second major legal issue is this idea of whether or not the states have this power. And that's where a, the bulk of the justices were really hanging their hat. That That seems to be where the argument was going, that this okay. provision of the Constitution doesn't allow the states to unilaterally make these disqualification determinations.
1: Well, I can't wait for this ruling because there are multiple states, from Hawaii to Wyoming and beyond, that have been trying to uh, take Trump off the ballot, and this is uh, th- this is the kind of thing that I think might make Stalin proud. Uh, Matt Flores, thank you so much for being here. Thank you for the work that you and Landmark Legal Foundation are doing on behalf of our country. And uh, hopefully, when we hear get the ruling, and I'm hoping it's nine to zero, you'll come back on and uh, celebrate the victory.
2: Would love to. And if you'd like more information, we're at landmarklegal.org. Thanks for having me. Thank
1: you. Thanks so much. Appreciate it. And you guys stick around because coming up next is Bob Walters with his weekly education report. Don't go anywhere.
2: A.K. Dynamite in a Dress. Or just Andrea Kaye, whatever you call her. She's on The Answer San Diego.
1: Welcome back to tonight's Andrea Kaye show. Y'all ready for some good news, some good news, and then some college crazies, and then all kinds of stuff that you need to know about education. Joining me now to discuss is our good friend, Bob Walters. Hey, Bob, welcome back.
3: Thank you. Good to be back.
1: All right. Can you kick us off with some good news?
3: I got some. In a small town in Kentucky, hundreds of angry Christians packed board meetings to protest the treatment of a young girl who was being groomed to change her sex and not to tell her parents. They demanded that the principal and counselor be fired. This was in Lawrenceburg, Kentucky. They were successful, but it took a few months to get the action done.
1: Well, I mean, it's it's a good news story in the fact that there was results after they uh, pushed back against a girl who had been, you know, transitioned and told not to tell her parents. But it is also still a cautioning tale to parents out there that they are working to get between you and your kids. And so right. I love that this is a good success story. Um, but what if they hadn't found out? I know. Yeah. Ah. So. Yeah. Okay. Educators
3: gotten- fear that Florida state action by Governor DeSantis could result in plummeting college attendance after the state rule that sociology be removed from campuses in the war on woke ideology. But he went on. He went further and replaced it with a course in U.S. history at all 12 public universities to give an accurate account of America's background and history. So that's a good story.
1: Well, it is a, it is a good story. And I don't know what, you know, educators, Oh, college attendance might go down. Yeah. Um, Because there's such a demand for, you know, training on how to, to do, you know, um, communist agitation rallies instead of actual academics. That's ridiculous. This is, you know, DeSantis is doing the right thing by actually replacing woke ideology um, with actual academics like U.S. history. So that's a great story.
3: All right. Then we got a Utah bill which would upend diversity, equity, and inclusion, DEI, in public universities and colleges, was just passed, and is now on the way to the governor who said he would sign it.
1: Excellent.
3: That's good news.
1: Very good. Yeah. More attacks on uh, uh, diversity, equity, and inclusion. People are starting to realize that these these are nice little fuzzy buzzwords um, that, quite frankly, are discriminatory and dangerous. They're evil,
3: yes. Mm-hmm. Okay. Georgians for Responsible Libraries is a newly formed grassroots organization with the sole purpose to protect children from the onslaught of sexual explicit, obscene, and age-inappropriate books in K-12 public school libraries. They've uh, okay. been very successful, <clears throat> and they're moving throughout the state to clean out the libraries and the schools and the, and the libraries.
1: Well, I'm That's glad good. to hear it, because I've got, I, I've got uh, a 10- a and an 8-year-old little niece down in Georgia, and, you know, they, I, I, I've been concerned about Georgia going crazy.
3: Yeah. Yeah, this was good news.
1: Mm-hmm.
3: Okay. In Wyoming, a fired library director has filed suit against a family for exposing obscene books in his library. The family has been protected by mass resistance, which is a very strong group, and they'll, they'll, they'll defend them. So it's weird that this library director uh, <laughs> files suit against the family for finding um, sexual books in his library.
1: <laughs> I love this story because it just they just continue to prove how perverted they are. The dude gets fired for, you know, pushing pretty much pornography on kids. And then he decides he wants to file a lawsuit against the parents because they didn't allow, allow him to push pornography on their kids. Oh, good. I'd love to see that in court.
3: <laughs> I agree Okay, a high school tennis coach resigned Citing the Biden administration's new Title IX rules That allows boys to play girls As girls in school sports In high schools throughout the country I didn't know this I didn't know this happened
2: Dave I didn't Brown either. At
3: Canberra High School Regretted taking such action But felt it was needed to stress his concern About the impact on women's sports And putting them at risk
1: Yeah so um
3: the coach did his right thing, but why Trump would have another <laughs> push, another Title Nine, ask, is suggesting that boys play with girls? I just I don't know.
1: Trump Where did pushed. Where um, Trump pushed uh, to allow boys to play against girls?
3: No, Biden.
1: Oh, Biden did. Yeah, yeah.
3: Yeah. This just, just trying- happened last week. It's
1: crazy. Another another executive direction.
3: Hmm. Yep. All right, then you got, after the Supreme Court outlawed racial preferences, the business world is now ruling might impact their preferential programs. Federal appeals court is reviewing a program run by Fearless Fund in Atlanta that awards up to $20,000 to black women to grow their startup companies. Several lawsuits are attempting to eliminate race as a factor in such programs in that state and elsewhere in the business world.
1: Well, I mean this is um this is discriminatory.
3: It is. It, it's, like it's discriminatory it to
1: get Yeah, I mean, you know, every all of diversity equity inclusion is really systemic uh discrimination against white people. And yep. um and, and, and it's done and, and and when it's done in in the form of like These kinds of grants, it actually gets paid for by white people. So it's just, it's just so, it's just insidious and toxic and just absolutely terrible. And um, it, it, it's shocking. It's actually shocking to me that this continued. People need to start being thrown in jail for this kind of stuff. This needs to become criminal and not just civil, in my opinion.
3: Got to be stronger on it. Okay, yeah. college crazies. Yeah. Democrats feared that the passage of Proposition 209 in 1996 to make racial preferences illegal in California would hurt blacks and other minorities. But in fact, the opposite happened, and black enrollment and successful graduation has increased over the years in California, not declined. The Democrats are rushing to pass new racial preference laws, however, despite this, so they can claim more votes come the, in the coming election. <laughs>
1: Well, yeah, because it just goes to show. Are you okay there, Bob? I am. Yes. Okay. Yeah, it just goes to show that when you you remove superficial, you know, benefits, you know, affirmative, when you make things merit based, and you reward people, uh, you know, academically, professionally, personally, on the basis of you know earning something, and people get rewarded for performance that they perform better. And that's what lifts up society, not you know, yep. entitlement programs and handouts to people that didn't that didn't that don't deserve it simply because of their skin color.
3: Well that's what the Democrats are busy doing though. Okay, exactly. the US Navy is now enlisting youth who never graduated or even got a GED to enhance their enrollment actions. What kind of sad they're reducing, yeah, they're reducing their qualifications to a, a fairly low point.
1: Wow. Um yeah, nothing like lowering standards when you're talking about having to, I mean, you know, it, it's, it, they used to call them, I don't know if they still call soldiers grunts, because really, they didn't really have to do, do much from in terms of highly skilled, you know, work, but just, you know, work a gun, you know what I mean? Um, but yeah. most of the military requires a high level of intelligence, because we're talking about high level technology, Right, and strategic use of technology. You've got to have a lot of skill, you know. So, and and now we're going to people.
3: China knows this is
1: our weakness. They know it. Yeah, exactly. You know, this, we can't be battle ready when we've got people that have no education and no abilities and no skill, because that is because the grunt part of the military is a very small percentage of that workforce. So, yep. all right, we're going to take a break. We come back. We're going to continue with Bob. We're going to go from the college crazies into some bad news. It's always interesting, so stick around.
2: <laughs> You're listening to somebody who tells it like it is. Andrea Kaye on The Answer San Diego.
1: Welcome back. To tonight's Andrea Kay show, wrapping up hour one with our buddy, Bob Walters, giving us all the lowdown, and it, and I'm telling y'all it's about to get low where we go with the education system here in America. So, all right, my dear Bob, you got a couple more college crazies, I think to share with us before we get into the bad news.
3: Using an investigation of sexual violence at Liberty University as an example, the House GOP leaders fear the federal government is intentionally targeting religious institutions. Mm -hmm. They indicate this is not the first such action, which is followed then by a huge fine.
1: All right. So so, uh, sexual (laughs) violence at Liberty. I hadn't heard about that. So I think Liberty is is clearly being targeted because they are such a powerful force and a large, really important uh, institution. So uh, we'll see what happens with that.
3: All right. Maryland will join a number of states that guarantee admission to certain first-year students at the state's four-year universities and colleges. Any student in the top 10% of their class at high school will be eligible for the program with no test to get into, into the college.
1: Well, I think that's the way it should be. I think we have that in Louisiana. Uh, my goddaughter was able to get in because she qualified. It's called the TAPS program or something. And you know what? That's the way it should be. You you know, you score high if they've got a program like this, and you get in. And it's merit-based.
3: Yep, I agree. Mm-hmm. All right, Catholic University, this is odd, brought in Abortion Dowla, that was her title, who coaches mm-hmm. pregnant men to how to giving birth. What? Yeah, this is for a Catholic university, which, of course, would not believe in this. The university is having strong reaction to this line of teaching their students. She's also a supporter of abortions. But after the reaction of the
1: parents, she got terminated last week. So. Well, I, I would hope so. First of all, what in the world is a Catholic university doing, uh, do, doing classes on abortion, let alone on the insane non-biblical, ridiculously evil notion that women can become men and men, uh, you know, can have have babies. That's crazy.
3: It is. It tells you you got to be – parents have to be careful of what institutions they're they're involved in. Yeah, yeah. Don't assume they're clean. That's right. Okay. Legislation banning Virginia's public colleges and universities from providing special treatment for the admission process for students related to alumni and donors – Was just passed, so no more special treatment for those. Yeah,
1: good. One of the things that's kind of a theme tonight is really less so much about you know pornography and stuff, and really more about movement against uh, the DEI discriminatory stuff. And I'm really, really loving that.
3: Yeah, I agree. It's good. All right, California reduced education requirement for 169 government jobs. As California simultaneously faces a rising unemployment rate and a labor shortage. It's kind of weird. Several other states are doing the same thing from Maryland to Virginia. Where they don't um, need to be college trained at all in 469 government jobs.
1: Well, it, it you know, my mother worked for the federal government for many years. She didn't really work for for sta- any state. Um, But I can tell you with most government uh, departments she worked at, whether it was justice, even justice, let alone interior, um, it it didn't Most uh, people she supervised didn't have a whole lot of skill or education because most of the jobs didn't require it. So, you know, I just hope that their pay is commensurate with their skill and education level. So which Uh, typically it's not nowadays. They're overpaid for the work they're doing. (laughs)
3: <laughs> okay, then we got the hedge fund manager and millionaire, Kenneth Griffin, who graduated in 89, said he would no longer donate to Harvard University until it stops anti-Semitism. Good. That's, a, that's, that's her a third millionaire story. who dropped out of donating. Good.
1: That's my feel-good right. story of the day. All here's,
3: right. here's some shocking bad news. Uh-huh. Seattle agrees to pay Black Lives Matter protesters $10 million in a lawsuit stemming from the 2010 riots. It said they had police treat them unfairly. And brutally. (laughs) This includes seven people who actually helped burn the police department and they're getting one million dollars each.
1: Unbelievable. Makes no no sense. Well, well, it does. If you if you realize that all this is about a push for communism in this country, we've got a 69 year old cancer patient who didn't do anything but wander around the Capitol looking at years in jail. But if your black lives matter and you burn down a government building, you get a million dollars. We're just, that, yeah. that's how upside <laughs> down we are.
3: It is it's true. crazy. It's really unbelievable. All right. The boss of California LGBT nonprofit was arrested and trial predicator sting along with 17 other men. Gerard Slayton was arranging, arranging a meeting for lewd purposes and sex with young, young boys. Wow. And he got arrested for it. He's head. Of, he's head of the LGBT organization.
2: Well, you know what?
1: I'm not surprised because now don't co- don't come at me, but um, you know predators need access. They need access, <laughs> and if you look at this movement of uh, the LGBT uh, and most of these nonprofits, their push is to get access to children, and there is no legitimate reason for why. There's Drag Queen Story Hour. You've got these, this, these books like Gender Queer being, being uh, read to kids in schools. Don't tell me that this is not a movement of grooming. It absolutely is. And this was a story that proves it.
3: Here's, a, here's another shocking thing. A new cutting-edge textbook on transgenderism written with the help of activists will be used to train psychiatrists. <clears> that could harm millions of kids in the future. It's entitled Gender-Affirming Psychiatric Care put up by the ara that's the uh, association of of psychiatrists
1: wow (coughs) you know the medical that the well the medical community is just completely corrupted just completely corrupted and um just just like and that shouldn't come as a surprise to anybody when we understand how you know when you look at fauci and covid and the way that science has been Uh, corrupted in order to push the leftist agenda and people need to stop.
3: Only 3% of elementary school students in San Francisco are at grade level. Only 3%. And yet 88% of the parents think their kids are at grade level. Sad commentary on how parents are not keeping track of what's really going on with their kids.
1: Yeah. And you know what? I'm not shocked that elementary students are, are at that low level of performance um, I am shocked at the parents because I can't imagine any parent being so blind as to what's going on in the world and in schools today that they're not paying any attention whatsoever to their kids' homework, how they're doing. Um, are you not sitting down with especially especially elementary age kids? It's It's not like <laughs> you've got some kid who's been a superstar throughout, you know, you know their, you know academic career, and then now they're in eleventh grade, and you're going, you know, I don't have to sit on them so much. All right, we got one minute left. Tell us about We the Kids.
3: Okay, We the Kids, great organization. All you parents need to look them up and get the information they have to help train your kids to respect America and know more about its Constitution and its history. A lot of the stuff is free, and you can do it right after school when the kids get home and you can un- un- unsensitize them. You look them up under WeTheKids.us, and you'll see all the details of what they got, and you can even contribute to them if you feel so motivated.
1: Well, Bob, thank you job. so much. Thank. Yes, they are great. They have great gear. Whenever I wear my we the Kids t-shirt, uh, when I wear my we the Kids hat, I get so many compliments. So go get some great gear and support a great organization. Also get some – you can get all kinds of curriculum and, and stuff uh, for your school if you're listening to me and you're running a, a, a nonprofit or homeschooling. They're a phenomenal organization. And Bob Walters, we love them. We love you so much, and we thank you for being here.
3: I'm glad to be on. You have a nice weekend.
1: You too, honey. All right, you guys stick around because we, we're not going anywhere. Bob is, but we're not. We got another whole hour of the Andrea K Show coming up. So you go get yourself a refreshment and then come on back.